This podcast is sponsored by Dan's Hunting Gear. Located here locally in the hills of Sugar Creek, Ohio, right off of Route 93. Dan's is our go-to for all hunting needs, anything from clothing, game calls, trapping equipment, even the newest technology for our dogs. If you're going off the beaten path, you have to get to Dan's and get some of their briarproof gear. All of Dan's products are handmade by 40 local Amish seamstresses. Every piece is produced entirely by the same person, which allows for top-notch and quality. We at Triple T are always decked out in Dan's briarproof hunting gear. It is a must-have for all upland, waterfowl, and big game hunting. Dan's gear is perfectly suited for even the worst conditions. Dan's hunting gear always holds true. So, stop into Dan's hunting gear at Sugar Creek or go to danshuntinggear.com to find a dealer near you. Tell them we sent you. All right, guys. Hey, welcome back to Triple T Outdoors Podcast. This is uh, your host, Tyler. I'm Tyson. I'm Tucker. Real quick, before we get started, I got to address the elephant in the room. Your host, Tyler, here made a pretty big uh-oh on the last podcast. Yeah, we're, lo- we're looking for another T. If anybody's been the first name in the letter of T, <laughs> we're firing Tyler. Yeah, I'm fired. <laughs> I'm just, I'm a placeholder right now until they find a replacement. <laughs> I messed up. I hit uh, the wrong button. I corrupted a file and... uh our last podcast, which was probably our best podcast we ever recorded. We had so much fun doing it. It's gone in the stratosphere. So I feel really, really, really bad. Like, yeah, there's a big rock in my gut for the last week. I felt so bad. I feel like we're a bunch of morons didn't hear. Yeah. Sitting here for an hour talking to the microphones to nobody. No, we had a good time, though. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's recap our, what is this, last two weeks now. Uh, we've had Christmas, New Year's. Um, in the last week or so, uh, you, you want to go first, Tyson? Yeah, we had some. Uh, I actually got to go out and hunt. Uh, we got to go on some goose hunt, and that's how I did. I guess Tucker, you probably did more, a lot more. I went goose hunting also uh, with you. What day was that? I don't know, like a what, week ago. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah, I, 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 you know, Tucker made me put out most of the decoys and do all the hard <laughs> oh, work with my with my new. Tyson uh, was sitting there with a shell on his a goose <laughs> shell on his head out, out in the water. The video is hilarious. Out in the water, with it's the, like a, it's like, like you start from one side and you just see decoys, and then there's just a guy in the middle of the pond and waiters with a goose head on his with head. With his Dan and waiters, then, <laughs> and you go you pan across the rest of the way, and there's more more decoys. I'm like. Tyson. <laughs> oh man. So you guys kill any geese that day? Killed four. Yeah, and actually I think that was the only the second time in my life I've had geese actually come in the decoy. And then that's, that's fun. And uh we had uh uh the goose we were hunting with the goose god. <laughs> uh shout out to Roger Naylor, the goose god. Look him up, he's real. <laughs> But uh, I will give it to Roger. He's pretty. He's pretty good at calling, calling. He, and commentating. He, yeah, he yeah. did. He got us pumped up. So we had uh, some geese coming in, and he's he's working the call, and we got uh, all of our heads tucked, and we ain't moving a muscle. So we can hear a geese coming, but we can't see what's going on. 
I'm just sitting there with anticipation, getting ready to jump up and shoot. And uh, Roger just on the call. And he's like, oh, boys, they're low. Right down Broadway, baby. <laughs> and then it got me and Tuck pretty pumped up and laughing. Uh, it was fun. It, they had the that that was a three pack. Yeah, we had three come in, and uh, there was four of us. We all jumped up and shot almost all four of us shot one time each, that almost at the same, same time, time, and all three geese just folded. It was, it was and they cool. didn't move. They were all dead. It was just like boom, <laughs> and everything was still. And we it was just kind of awkward for us even because typically you jump up and you shoot and then you start shooting at the ones that are flying away and it just didn't happen. We all just kind of looked at each other like, whoa, that, that was awesome. <laughs> Rained out. pretty cool. Yep. And then and then uh, we, me and Tyler went hunting after that. Oh, man, I had so much fun. Tyler that's killed a, his first goose. That's one in circles, I heard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he just, I haven't heard the end of this. <laughs> so, so let's start the morning out. So probably the earliest I've... The least amount of sleep and the earliest I've been up to go hunting. I was pretty excited to go. Um, so we went out to a spot Tucker knows. Um, got a pretty early, put the boat in. First one's there. Where did you guys go? We, we can't tell you. We, it's oh, the we, hot spot. The hot we spot. tell you yes. what I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> a local lake. Yeah. Public lake. Um, but we, we pretty much spent the morning before daylight with our headlamps putting stuff together. You're brushing the blind up a little bit and getting everything going and and these these weights must not have been heavy enough because our decoy just kept going they just kept going away well what happened was i was throwing them out it was like shallow over here and then it was a drop off over here so i threw them and my weights didn't reach and they just are drifting off and i already went parked the boat and everything else i had to go get the boat and, <laughs> and wrangle about eight decoys back up he no longer gets them Puts them back where they go. Puts the boat back, and then we see them floating off again. Oh. <laughs> you gotta be Second no. time, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it was, it was, it was weird. All right, we got her figured out though. You just yeah. did the same thing and expected different results. No, that Rippler. That oh, Rippler we, was we almost rogue. pulled off the lake without a Mojo Rippler. <laughs> <laughs> you almost left it. Yeah, that would have been a good find for we're, someone. We're cruising toward the uh, the boat ramp. I'm like, hey, go over and get that Rippler. And it's like. <laughs> 300 yards down there. You just see it pop up every so often, every time. Oh it, was, it was pretty choppy, and it, the weight, I think, wasn't all the way straight on it, and it just wasn't staying. Yeah. But, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. So we sit before daylight breaks. We're hearing geese all over this place. That was probably the most geese I've ever seen. Yeah. Ever. I mean, they were all over the place. And then uh, as soon as daylight breaks, you hear nothing for 45 minutes or so. Uh, what do you think? What do you think it was? About eight thirty, we said, "Let's go, let's go knock up some birds." Yeah, they were all just kind of sitting out in the middle, and I didn't want any more geese to come, so I kind of rode the boat out and just kind of jumped them off of there. And as, just as I jumped them off of there, I look over. There's a single lone goose coming across, it lands right into our decoy spread. I'm like, "What's he doing? It's in our spread!" Like I'm talking to myself out and out in the boat. What's he doing? Why isn't he shooting? It's in our spread. Well, and in it, my defense, okay. You got these birds out in the middle, and they're they're flying because you're coming toward them. And I'm I'm honking, and I'm trying to get them to turn, come this way. And I just caught a glimpse of a goose, like right here. And then next thing I know, it's here and gone. I'm like, where'd it go? And then I peek up, and it's there. And I shoot. I pull up, and I aim, and pull the trigger. Nothing. <laughs> Safety was on. 
Oh my god! <laughs> and and I, I put a safety off. I shot right over top of it, and the third shot, I got it. And I go down there and get it. And I'm like, Tucker's got one foot. It's like got one foot. I was what so excited. That's why I was just sitting there swimming in circles. Yeah. You wondered why. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> the only goose you can shoot is one that's crippled. <laughs> he said he was more excited to kill that goose than that than the deer he killed. Oh, the, the adrenaline I felt killing that goose was like something I've never felt before. Hmm. With the deer, there was a lot of different emotions I was feeling at the same time. But this goose, I was just, I was psyched. Nice. And it got me through the rest of the day. And then... uh we're sitting there, and that, that mojo is floating off. It's about seventy-five yards away. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe forty yards. Away. It wasn't very far. 40, forty, I would say, yeah. And you said it was a merg, right? Or a hooded merg, hooded merganser. Just lands right at that one decoy floating away. There's forty decoys over here. It lands at the one that's floating down. The- it kind of rounded the bend a little hot, and it and that was that was probably the nearest decoy that it was yeah. close to it. And so it just kind of just pitched down right with it. And I told, I jumped up. I said, "Tyler, shoot that thing!" <laughs> Once again, safety again. Safety's on. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get better. At that. You need to practice at home, honestly, because I I can pull my gun as I pull my gun up. I click my safety off and I shoot. And as I bring it back down, I click my safety back on, and it's some completely not even conscious. I don't even think about it. Yeah, I'm working on it. I mean, I do it without. I've only ever done this twice, so I know. I'm working but on it. you so- should just sit with your empty gun and pull it up, click the safety off. Then bring it back down, click the safety back on, and just do that over and over again, and make it muscle memory. Yeah, <clears throat> and make and make life a lot easier when you're actually <laughs> got animals birds. in front of you you want to kill. So, so he jumped up, and uh, we shot I, we shot I, right through this thing. I told you, I said, Tyler, shoot that thing. How far was it? About forty yards. Oh yeah, you said that. I said, Tyler, shoot that thing. He, I let him shoot first because I wanted him to get it, and sprayed right through it. And it dove on us. And he he undraws his gun. I'm like, get your gun back up on your shoulder. It ain't dead yet. <laughs> and it popped back up and went boom. And we just sprayed. I just sprayed it right through it. wasn't flying. Away. It, 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 it dove on us. And then it jumped up and flew. And I shot and sprayed right through it almost every shot. Had it's no kinda, sign that it was injured. It's kind of far. I mean, their baby's yeah. spreading out. By yeah. The end. yeah. It's either hit or miss. You just need one lucky BB and mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. Um. Not to change the subject or anything. Are you done with your duck hunting story? Yeah. For the most part? That's pretty much Well, I mean, there was just uh, the four geese I learned a rookie lesson on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He's coming in. I was calling these geese in. And was, I've never called anything in before. I wasn't with him. I was rallying birds down down the lake. I was I was working these birds. Like, as soon as I call, I can see them changing. They lock their wings. They're coming down. And then... Oh, that's exciting. When you're yeah. Doing <laughs> I'm doing this by myself, too. Yeah, right. And there's four of them. And they swoop down and they land... About the same place that that Merganser landed. And I got up and I w- went to shoot and I, I spooked them a little too early. They're too far away. Yeah, Spooked them before they actually landed. So, rookie mistake on my part. But Lesson learned? Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. Hmm. So, on my way home today, I see a deer along the road. A dead deer. That got hit. And it's got a Walmart bag over its head. So that that leads me to believe that somebody hit it and it was still alive. Oh my god! And they finished it off with a Walmart bag. <laughs> That's where your mind goes. I was yeah. thinking like maybe they just cut the the antlers off and didn't want people to see it. No, no, they did not. No, but there was no other reason why somebody would put a Walmart bag over a deer's head. <laughs> you thinking they're just they out there suffocated. This they thing. did. That's kind of messed up. <laughs> That's worse than just shooting it. They probably didn't have anything else. And they're like, yeah. I just I seen this in a movie once, so just, just pillowcase. 
And they didn't want. They probably didn't want to <laughs> take it off because, you know, they didn't want it to come too. Yeah. So they probably just left it on there, and when they thought it was dead, and and left. <laughs> so I I've never seen that before. I thought that was that was something worse than Sharon here. If, if that ever happens, you call the police. <laughs> just call the cops. What if somebody drives by, you're just sitting there with oh the deer. <laughs> I'd call the police on them. <laughs> oh my! I'm gonna be telling that story. That guy Jason Voorhees down there suffocating that deer. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's something else. I don't I don't know what I'd do if I seen that happening live in person. All right, so what's this podcast about? We recap. It's probably a little too what's long. The topic, Tyler. So, um, I was coming up with a topic, and I was thinking, with all the comments I got for that that goose like uh, you the only goose you could kill is a crippled one they mate for life i heard that one too and uh i was thinking let's talk about the pros and the cons or anti-hunting versus pro hunting and obviously all three of us are pro hunting and so i went online i got ah, six seven statements of just flat out anti-hunting and what we're gonna do is i'm gonna I'm going to read a statement word for word from what I got on the internet, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Just kind of toss it around. So what you guys think, and uh, just try give us your thoughts. Try to keep my cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might get some some opinionated per- people here. Um, so we'll go with the first one here. Hunting is ineffective for solving human-deer conflicts. Studies show that car and deer collisions increase during the hunting season because hunters frighten the deer out of the woods and onto the roads. What do you think about that statement? Well, I think they're... It's probably true for that week. Yeah, that one week that of the year. That one week. But the rest of the... If, if we don't really have a, a statistic where there's just zero hunting because their deer population would explode... Yeah, so I, I've said this before, and this is my statement on that. In Ohio, we don't have very many big predators. I mean, at one point in time, there was bear, there was you know probably big wolves or anything like that around here. There's not anymore. We got humans, and if we don't take care of the deer, they're going to overpopulate, cause disease, and then you're going to have way more. Yeah, disease is is going to yeah is definitely in, a yeah. bad thing when people or when populations of animals any animal <clears throat> gets too high. Yeah, and I th- I think what they're saying with car and deer conflicts, they are they got a a decent point there. But it I, my argument would be is we're hunting during the rut during the most active time of these deer. That's true. That's when all the deer are moving. So most, if we weren't in the right, woods, absolutely. these would probably be moving anyway. Right. You know? That is so 100%. Even if there was, most hunters sit in the same spot for four, five, six hours at a time. The work, drives don't happen very often. Right? Yeah, right. The, the like land's Tuck, too spread up. Like Tucker said, it's one week of the one year. One week of the year. And I, I could see where I could boost that one week of the year, but it, significantly decrease after that point <laughs> the, the because, rest the other 51 weeks of the year yeah. <laughs> it decreases yeah, because we killed how many how many deer in in that one week and it's you're just going to see it a, a decrease in the rest of the year yeah you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more deer car interactions in that time of the year in, in general yeah it's just that's when everything's happening yeah for sure i mean as far as that i mean it, it, when they're saying it's ineffective i think that's the only way that we solve the deer to human ratio. I mean, 
in residential areas around the country, like I, I know in Washington, D.C., they do this. They do backyard hunts. They pay hunters to come in their backyard and kill deer in their backyard in residential areas because it's such a big problem in those big because metropolitan areas. Because they can't areas. hunt there. Yeah. So they're just yeah. bow, bow only or what? Has yeah, that? just bow. Yeah. But um, there's a there's a guy on YouTube I've watched every once in a while. Um, he does it. He, he kills 14, 15 deer a year Sheesh. doing this. And he gets paid big money to go suburbs of Washington, D.C., suburbs of Baltimore, and kill these deer. Wow. I didn't know that. It's a it's a big problem in these big metropolitan areas because you're obviously pushing bear out. You're pushing everything else out. And then these deer, they like eating your clover and your flowers and stuff. And people will throw corn in their backyard if they got a little patch of woods. And then next thing you know, you got deer everywhere. Yep. Yep. So Even deer getting <clears throat> after your dogs. Protecting yeah. their babies in, yeah. in suburbs. There's a, a big thing just happened in New Jersey. I don't know if you guys have seen it at all, but um, I think two years ago, the governor came in and got elected on the whole premise of banning bear hunts. So they, they voted to ban... Where's this? Black, this is New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. Banning black bear hunts. New Jersey has the highest population of black bears per capita in the United States. What's, the reason, what's, his, what's his reason? It's unethical. Basically, is the whole premise he ran on. He won governor. He got this passed. Um, bear hunts were banned in the year 2020, I believe. 2021, they reinstated bear hunts for a, a certain population, a certain area. Well, the bear-to-human interactions went up by 200% in one year. My God, it didn't two, even take like five years to no, see the problem. No, one year, 200%. So they incre- they opened the bear season back up and increased the bag limit on them this year. Wow. It's just a classic case of somebody that has no idea. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's a big. If you don't have hunters, then who's going to kill bear? Right. You know, have the non-hunter making hunting rules, that doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. It's like me making... A rule on, you know... Politic, political... Yeah, political stuff, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to make a suggestion on the or the Ukrainian war with Russia right now. But yeah, right, that's just... Hunting in my backyard, I have every right to say what I need to say. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's one very good point that I think we pretty much landed pretty good on. Okay, so uh, second point here. Lands managed for hunting are sometimes purchased and maintained with tax dollars. Even though ninety percent of Americans do not hunt, say that again. I don't okay. understand it. So lands managed for hunting are sometimes purchased and maintained with tax dollars, even though ninety percent of Americans do not hunt. Like uh, public lands, I don't understand what what so, tax dollars buying lands. So I think that's what they're trying to say here: is that our tax dollars are going to purchase public lands, maintain public lands. Uh, they give. Uh, salaries to game wardens and stuff like that and ramp park rangers and stuff like this. And uh, I think what they're saying there is that we're paying all these tax dollars for something that we don't even participate in is what they're trying to say. I, I got, I got something I want to say on that, but I want to get you guys opinion first. What do you think about that? Well, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on that. Okay, here's here's what I think. When they say tax dollars are going to fund these conservation areas, these um, you know 
land easement, stuff like that. The tax money that they're referring to is from a thing called the Robertson-Pittman Act. The Robertson-Pittman Act is something that was put in place, I think, by Theodore Roosevelt. And what this means is 11% of all firearm sales and ammunition sales, bow sales, uh, quiver, all that kind of stuff, everything hunting-related, 11% of that goes straight to conservation. Mm. No ifs, ands, or buts. goes straight to the Federal Conservation Fund. And then 75% of the state's budget for wildlife conservation for hunting comes directly from hunters, fishing, comes from your tags, your uh, license, your guns, your ammunition, yeah, everything. So very little of their tax money is getting put into. Basically none of it. Yeah. Um, so I looked up this thing real, real quick. I'll pull it up. Um, and it shows tax money that's deviated here for this so um sources wildlife conservation society uh donates 230 million dollars a year they're just a conservation group world wildlife fund 204 million dollars ducks unlimited 404 or 147 million the conservation fund 138 million dollars uh activities funded by hunters 99 percent of those hmm. <laughs> so when you say that your tax dollars are going to fund hunting in wildlife conservation areas, I, I have this to say to you. You're wrong. Because if you're not buying guns, you're not buying hunting license, you're not buying ammunition, you're not funding it at all. It's not coming out of your income tax. Hmm. So that, that's what I have to say about it. Um, Good point. Yeah. That's... I, you can look all that stuff up. Robson Pittman Act is 100% real. So that's unfortunately for those guys, that's the way it is. Um, what do you guys think? I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't lie with facts. No. Nope. <clears throat> um, so we'll move on to the third point here. Hunting animals for a food source is unnecessary in the modern society. Okay. All right. Okay. So this is <laughs> calm down. Can... Calm down, Tyson. <laughs> I... All right. So, okay. We spend as much time with this as you want. But... <laughs> all right. So first of all, humans have been hunting animals for all of history. All right. Um, Far back as recorded. For all of history. All right. And the second of all, so what is is it? Just it's in their mind. It's more ethical to. Just have huge mass farms farming and juice your. I think that their their line of thought stops there. I think I don't think it goes that far. I think it goes to they go to the grocery store and they're like, you can buy your meat at grocery store. Yeah, they just see it doesn't go meat deep. There. It doesn't. They don't know where the meat comes from. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying they're they're mistreated at these mass huge farms, but they don't have a better life than a wild deer. Or a wild animal. That wild animal lives a, just a great life until it gets harvested. Well, I wouldn't well, say that. I think I think wild animals live a hard life rather than you know a cattle or anything like that. Well, they're free at least, but well, but they're free, but they I got mean, predation. It's, it's saying that we don't need to hard winners. We don't yeah. need to hunt in today's society. It's unnecessary. Is that I think it's more important in today's society to hunt for your own food. I think it's you know where it's coming from. Exactly. 
it's most nutritious for you. And for those vegans or vegetarians, um, if you feel the top of your mouth, like the your teeth in the top row of your mouth, and you feel like the third one over from the center, what is that tooth? Canine. Yeah, the canine. canine. What are canine teeth for? Meat. Ripping yes. meat apart. They're they're not for crunching up lettuce. Lettuce. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's. I mean, even even the vegans. I mean, I've, I'm sure everybody's heard the clip of them talking about all the animals that they kill. Ted Nugent. Ted, Ted Nugent. About. And it was a uh, on the what the Yellowstone too. Oh yep yep yep. All the animals that they kill the produce a field of uh, soybeans for their tofu. Yeah right. That they. I mean, they're killing every bug and mole and, you know, snake and anything. Yeah. So you're not really saving saving a life by eating eating just pure vegetables. And from another angle, too, if you look, if you just turn on the news every so often, you know, there's going to be like, oh, salmonella breakout and peanut butter or salmonella breakout and pork or mad cow disease and this. I mean, we got some things to worry about with uh, wildlife. Not a whole lot of that, though. No. Not a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, as hunters, um, when we're killing these animals, and uh, that's the simplest way to say it, we train and we practice and practice to kill these animals in the fastest and most humane possible, humane way possible that is legally allowed to us. I mean, if we want to go out there and shoot a deer in the head with a 50 cal, that's not legal. We can't do that. Would it be more ethical? That deer wouldn't feel a thing. Let's be honest. But um, it's not legal to do that. So we're limited by you know, laws and regulations as to what we can do. But with those laws and regulations, we do things in the most humane way possible. I don't, I don't know anybody who wants to see an animal suffer. Yeah, no. No. You need some help if you do. <clears throat> yeah. That, that guy with the Walmart bag probably needs <laughs> Yeah. That guy needs some help. Uh, that guy needs some serious help. Yeah. He could have picked a better way, I'll tell you, <laughs> if that's what happened. That's just my thought on it. And, like, I'd much rather go out and see the deer healthy, see the deer alive, than go and buy a roast at the store that I don't know than how this cow was killed. And or, or, or treated, or or treated, yeah, or fed, yeah. I mean, what's in it? Yeah, they. I mean, with when they, with these factory farms, they their idea. I mean, the turnaround on them. It, you know, any business is to make money. So the fastest way to make money is to grow them as fast as possible. Yeah. Well, there's things they do to that to make them grow faster. And I mean, put. I mean, chickens hormones. are so big by the time that they're harvested that they can't walk. It takes. It takes today chickens. It takes longer for them to hatch out the egg than it does to hit maturity before they are harvested. That is insane. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. I mean, it takes like twenty-one days from the hatch, and and they're like harvested in twenty days later or something like that. That's, I mean, I could be off, but it's it's they're but raised incredibly fast. It doesn't sound off though. It sounds it sounds right <clears throat> with today's technology. That's what they do. Yeah, they get so big, they start <clears throat> breaking their legs. They start breaking their own legs. Yep, and they just sit there. Yep, can't walk. Yeah, how is that humane? It's not. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever driven past a chicken farm, though. It's oh, and, and you know what they figured horrible. on uh, square footage inside of a chicken barn? Like, 
how many square feet per bird. When we raise pheasants, we it we figure on fifteen square feet per bird in the pen. Fifteen square feet. That's a lot more than what I expect. Well, that's because with pheasants, they they kill each other. You put them yeah. too tight. But you know how much they square feet they figure on a chicken? How much? A half a foot. Wow. Per half a square foot per chicken. Bird. And that's for that bird to live its entire life. Yeah. A half a square foot. It's yeah. twenty some odd days. I think flies live longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, I I don't know. I think that sums up the one pretty good, what you think? I think we hit her. Yep. I, mean, head. I don't think we changed <clears throat> any pita people's minds, but. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the next one here. Um, this is kind of a longer one. Um. A major problem with hunting today is that people tend to treat it like more of a sport instead of being humble and obtaining only what they need for subsidence. Some people make it a competition. When this happens, an animal gets killed to show dominance over other hunters. The kill is made to gain the head of the head for the wall instead of food. This attitude makes hunting extremely unattractive and inhumane. So I think well, what they're saying here is more trophy hunting. Well, That's kind of what they're arguing. Um. <clears throat> today we don't I mean back to the other question but we don't absolutely you know we don't need to hunt but it is a sport it's just what it's transformed into it's not survival anymore but that doesn't make it any less um, you know us using the meat for food or anything like that so it can be more of a sport and uh, you know kind of competition between friends and more fun and, and between friends but that doesn't mean we disrespect the animal or don't utilize the meat that comes out with that. I think you can have a slight competition as long as the animal is getting used in, in the correct way, getting fully. And you're following the game laws. Following the, the laws, yes. I don't see any wrong in that. Yeah. I think when, and basically this is all just talking trophy hunting here. Um, when you see a gigantic elk or a gigantic deer, that deer is at it's it's going to start trending downward. It's at its peak. It, in yeah, its that life. is true. That it's it's already spread its genetics pretty far over the last couple of years. It's a, after that the deer is going to go downhill, and then it's going to start losing it. And you're probably going to hit it with your car. And be honest with you. Or it's going to suffer. Yeah. Starve the right. death. It's going to get run off by the next biggest bull <clears throat> or buck. Ate by wolves or a coyote. And yep. get tore apart and eaten by whatever. And a, a biggest, biggest problem with some of these big mature animals is at one point they end up being impotent. They no longer are helping the breeding population. They're just killing younger bulls, younger mm. bucks. And that happens. So... By us killing the biggest deer that we see, number one, we're late enough in the season where we're pretty sure that it's spread if it's going to. And then uh, we're probably end up doing that herd a favor because it's going to allow those younger bucks to get bigger, get healthier, and spread like wildfire. Even with trophy hunting and let's go a little further, in Africa, let's say, you kill that animal, you're paying for it, you're supplying money to that village, and you're also killing that animal as a trophy. 
And then that meat goes to the locals there, probably. S- same with, with <clears throat> when you went to Argentina. Yep. It was donated to a local all orphanage. The, all the meat was donated to a local orphanage. There's, there's yeah, if you think about it, I mean, what's a giraffe one over there? $30,000? No, I, I, I looked it up. It's uh, like 4000 Okay, to kill a giraffe. That's a lot better than what I thought. I think I think I told you just when you were telling me that, giraffes are a big problem over there. Uh, yeah, uh, big mature giraffes are a big problem because they kill everything. Hmm. They'll just whack their head into anything, and kill it. Um, and the biggest problem with them is they're impotent. Yes, circle back. They can't breed no longer. They can't breed, and they just kill young, young cow or young bulls. Hmm. Kill the next generation. Yeah, and then like you said, the money that comes from those hunts, that's pretty much. There's no factories over there. There's no really agriculture. There's fishing and hunting. That's pretty much it. That's how they get their food. That's how they get their money. So, yeah. All right, what's the next one? I know there's one on the list that's going to get me all fired <laughs> up here in a second. <clears throat> well, I think there's a, a part of this, part of this last thing, last statement was um, it, it breeds violence. Uh, hunting breeds violence. And... I, you know, the most violent people live in cities. I bet you, I don't know I the statistics on that, but the most people that get harmed and, and, and they're the most violent is the furthest from hunters. Most you can think sh- most of most shootings and most murders, stabbings and shootings and violence and riots and looting and most populated areas. Yeah. Is the I'm, most populated areas, which where they don't hunt. Yeah. That so, I mean, that's I mean, a hard one to argue. Yeah, I mean, this is this is literally what this says. School shootings and other murders make up a large part of our criminal culture. Some of these crimes are committed by people that have legally obtained guns. Okay. While others are done with stolen weapons. You can't. Guns are a, a, a backbone of this country. And when I say that, what I mean is this country was founded because it stood up against tyranny. And... Guns protect us from us, basically. The fact that Americans have guns protect us from the government and really protects us from other governments, too. And it's just that's really what it was there for. It was so we could stand to tyranny. It's not so we can have all everything the government has, it's so the government doesn't step on us like they do in. Well, let's, let's just look back at COVID and um, yeah, China is still getting locked down, and yeah, you know, other at, these other <clears throat> countries or countries. That, look at Hong Kong; they they just China just took them over, and then um, places like uh, Australia they took their oh, guns yeah. away in the nineties. Yep, because of a school shooting. I hear something about Canada recently. Yep, they're oh yeah, Canada. The, Canada, you can't even buy uh, handguns. Yeah, and if you go anywhere in Canada in the wilderness, you have got to have a handgun on you. There's things a bear can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Big things. Bears. It's a lot worse than a black bear. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. I mean, taking guns away from people is it's not gonna work for one. Because it's just like saying it, only the only the good guys will not have guns. Yeah. Bad guys will still get guns. Yep. Yep. You There's, you can manufacture a gun pretty easy. Oh, I guarantee I can make a gun. Um, with I some could, stuff I have laying around. Yeah, I, I know the some lead pipe. Do you know the own. formula to <laughs> to uh, gunpowder? Everybody should. No, I don't know. Black that. powder, 
75% uh, potassium nitrate, 15% charcoal, and 10% sulfur. I didn't know that. Yep. So I'm glad we got that on recording so we can go back <laughs> and for the future. <laughs> future. For Whenever any. we're not allowed to have it. Yeah, I mean, there's... You're just not gonna. You're just not gonna stop it. That's like saying you're just trying to stop drunk driving, so you just ban everyone from driving or drugs, or you know, or yeah. the, the drugs, right? Or, or you ban everybody from drinking, and then look how that worked out last time, right? It yeah. just doesn't. It just doesn't work. The best safe. You know, the best way to uh, prevent gun violence is to shoot back. That is the <laughs> best way. I always stay strapped. <laughs> I'm not far from a gun at all times either. <laughs> Um, so the next one's going to get you guys kind of riled up, and it's just a simple five-word <laughs> statement. Hunting dogs are treated inhumanely. Uh, trained dogs used for hunting are chained up and poorly treated. They do not receive the proper care and medication. Also, some are lost during hunting and never to be found. Here, dogs fend for themselves in the wild and die of starvation. This this, this just this it makes me so mad. This is such an uneducated uneducated statement. I must I must start out by saying there are bad apples, <clears throat> bad apples in everything. That's true. But the majority of hunters that is far from the, far from what we we do. We have uh 25 dogs. Um so uh, they are all treated just fine. Um they live in a $100,000 dog kennel. Heated. Heated. Um, cold in the winter, or cold in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Cleaned every day. Yep, yep. Fed every day. Watered. They're fed a good good quality feed, because yeah. if you don't, they won't be healthy and they won't be able to work for you. Is it? And, and modern day houndsmen, they spend thousands of dollars on these dogs. They spare no expense on these dogs. And... And the the point where it said they're they're lost and I'm not sometimes it's it it's possible to lose a dog that's not impossible but in in today's world they also spend thousands of dollars on equipment which includes GPS collars shock collars GPS collars I mean they have chips you know a lot of times they'll have name tags on them they'll have uh, chips in them uh, there's there's tons of uh, precautions taken. So they don't get lost. No one, no hunter wants to go out there and lose a dog and just doesn't care. It's not what happens. Their initial expense is that bloodline. They pay good money for that dog. Oh, yeah. That's the last thing they want to do is lose that dog. Right. Yeah. Some so. some guys wait a lifetime to find the, the dog that they want. Yep. And then they, they wait for somebody to breed, and then they're the first in line to get a puppy. There's Sometimes yeah. there's a wait list that arms yeah. as long as your arm. Hey, when are you going to have another litter? I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... Not only that, but uh, uh, I forgot. I lost my train of thought there <laughs> on that one. But it said uh, the dogs. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what I was going to say on that one. Go ahead. Uh, well, when you say these guys spend thousands of dollars, so when we're at Bullseye and some guy brings his dog, number one. You can really tell this guy loves this dog. Yeah. To an, <laughs> let's talk about Bob in Bristol. I mean, <laughs> Bob's there every other Saturday, and he brings his dog Bristol there, and that dog is loved like it's one of the dogs. <laughs> it's she's one of us. Yep. You know. Um. And I 
they don't they don't spare any expense. These these dog collars are like you said, thousands of dollars, and the kennels that they're riding around the back of their truck, those are thousands of dollars. Mm. Ma- majority of them are inside dogs, anyways. From from people that come hunting with us, the majority of them are inside dogs. I would yeah. I would go out on a limb and say that some some hunting dogs sleep in a nicer bed than some kids. <laughs> You're probably, probably I mean not far off with with the hunters with the bird dog guys that we interact with. A lot of them do stay inside, but there is. You know the bear hunters yep. and the big, That's you know the they, rabbit hunters. They stay in kennels or outside, and and even uh, you know even chained up with. If as long as you have a good insulated box, I know it's it's so they they look frowned down upon, yeah. frowned upon so much on chains. But if you're hunting them often, you're getting them out for exercise. It's just like there's no other way to keep them staying here. They went. It's not like a. Some people have dogs that they just like stay around the yard or stay at home around the farm. These dogs are not like that. They're bred. They're to bred hunt. to hunt. Um, not only that, every uh, we have. Uh, I don't know how many dog breeds there are. It's probably several hundred. Ne- every single, nearly every single one was bred to do a job, mm-hmm. and most of them were hunting. They were hunting for even a wiener dog. Even yeah. right. They were bred for to go under burrow underground yep. for different. I don't remember Jack Russell Terriers. Jack Russells. They. Uh, now I might have been wrong with about the wiener dog. It was the Jack Russells that would go underground. But uh, yeah, they're they're for coon and bear and rabbit and birds and. That's pretty much what pit bulls are for. Was what hog hunts, right? Are those? Yeah. Uh, well, that's. I, th- I don't know if that's what they're originally, originally bred, bred for, for but, but that's what they're used for now. Yeah. Um. So uh, these what? dogs that you take that we've been breeding for hundreds of years to, to hunt these specific animals or do these specific jobs, you're going to take them and just say, hey, just, just lay on the couch over there. That just, that's not making them happy. Yeah. And whenever they do mischievous things as chew up uh, toilet paper, chew up uh, Kleenexes, anything, chew up your phone cords, they that dog most likely has a job and it's not doing it. It's bred for something. It's bred <laughs> it, to hunt. It and has is needs a job. It's not fulfilling its duty. It would be much happier if it was out hunting every day. Yep. Yeah. I circle back to a wiener dog. Uh there's a guy on Facebook. Uh I think it's called Emmy Emmy's Emmy Tracks. That's on Facebook. He has a wiener dog and he tracks wounded deer. And that dog I see a picture during ah. hunting season. Of it just standing loud and proud on top of a huge buck that it just found, and he puts little sweaters on it and everything else. It's hilarious. I uh, every time I've heard about laugh. this wiener dog from more than one person, and this, you're not the first. This person wiener dog famous. This wiener <laughs> dog's pretty pretty dang good. Well, um, I think we hit that one pretty good. Yeah, I mean that one. That one really struck a nerve with me. Since I'm, I think this I'm one's going to struck guy. even a bigger nerve. Oh, I didn't read past this because I couldn't get uh, down the list past that well, one. Well, this one's going to be near and dear to your heart. <laughs> oh God! Um, hunting pres- hunting preserves are disrupting the natural ecosystem and participating in smuggling of exotic and extinct animals. That's uh, as as most of you guys know, you guys are pheasants considered exotic. I would say so because they're from Asia. They're they're not that, originally from here, right? That or doesn't Europe. make any sense. I mean, I I don't know about every preserve around the world, but what what animals getting smuggled in to hunt? It doesn't make any sense to me. I would I think most of this this thing is uh, talking about these Texas places that have all these like zebras and 
Do you think they're smuggling wild zebras from Africa? I think they're just using big word or like a filler word. Negative connotation words to a big deal word to catch your eye. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. They really have no freaking idea what they're talking about. So let's read this real quick. Uh, Canned hunts are a huge business here in the United States. A thousand game preserves in the U.S. alone and canned hunts. They're, yeah, it's like, I think they're pretty much trying to say it's fish in a barrel type of thing. Right. Um, five five thousand participants are called exotic ranchers. This practice is inhumane and affecting the population of animals. With this, the natural cycle and ecosystem of in nature itself is drastically affected. I don't. See I don't how. say how they're saying it's effective. Whenever the animal is hauled in. Killed for money and then hauled out. Like, what is I, it? I don't How it. is that affecting the wildlife at all? And you're probably where they're hunting those. <clears throat> it's in a fenced-in preserve. Well, yeah, for the, for like the big animals that we're talking about, the deer and the yeah. exotics. And I stuff. would say what they're trying to say there is, when you're fencing all this, you're kind of pushing out the natural um, species. You're like eliminating that area for that. thousands acre farms in Texas. Yeah, but, pushing it. Well, but I don't not. know about I don't know about west, but like around here, a, a large, a large, uh, high fenced preserve is just a couple hundred acres. Two hundred, three hundred acres. Yeah. And, and then you're right; they they legally have to get all the deer out of there, wild deer, out of there. Yeah. Before they fence it in, they'll fence in like three sides, do a big drive, push everyone out, and then finish fencing it. Um, but as far as squirrels and stuff like that, I mean, they're still living the trees. Yeah, yeah. literally not, birds and squirrels and everything. You're only everything. pushing out wild, big game, basically. You're not going to yeah. be pushing squirrels and chipmunks and rabbits. And, well, maybe rabbits, but... And with pheasants, I could argue that we're helping. We're helping whenever the pheasants don't get shot. Yeah, It's a get. smorgasbord for the hawks, the owls. Yeah, right. The coons. Oh, yeah, they know where to get food. Everything. For sure. I mean, there's thousands of birds that get away every year at our place, and they're being they help feed the the wildlife. You're right. They're being used. I, I think uh, I think the biggest part of what they're trying to say here is those big big ranches, but you can't look at it like a, a hunting preserve. You got to look at it as the livestock, in in a way. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, livestock that brings in a substantial amount of money. Yeah, I mean, what makes the difference if they round the, that animal up and then then take it to a shoot and then hit it and shoot it in the head, or they go out and, and hunt it? It's a simulated hunt. I, they say canned. Yeah, I, I I understand. It's not the the realest of real hunts, but it's a simulated hunt to people that that can't go out and experience maybe a wild hunt. They live in a city or somewhere. They don't have time or the place. They can just pay someone to to bring that experience to them, yeah. or have the money to travel to Africa and right. kill kill a zebra or a yeah. exactly kudu or whatever. A zebra in South Texas is only seven thousand five hundred dollars, which is a lot of money. But if you're thinking about you shooting an animal, but to travel to Africa and to stay in the the tips, the everything else is going to well exceed that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I think when they say smuggling exotic, that's just not true. The, the, big, uh, yeah. the biggest part of smuggling exotics is these pet stores. The pet trades. The pet yeah. trade, if anything. Yeah. And then these people are probably buying the pets. Right. You know? <laughs> probably. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I'm not going out and buying any pets. 
I'm not, I don't have exotic fish in my fish tank or anything. I don't even have a fish tank. A spider monkey or anything like that? Dude, I go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we really already touched on this one. We talked trophy hunting is done for sport and not for ethical reasons. Um, we talked about this. I mean, it's pretty much it's done for pretty good ethical reasons, in my opinion. Yeah, there's uh, there's some things that come along with it, but um, that's just kind of the way it is. And there's a reason why people go after trophy trophies, and it's not just for trophies. Um, it's you know for healthiness. I mean, when you're going out to public land, you're hunting a big big elk i would say that it's more for trophy but i don't know there's there's big there's big money in it and this money is paying for conservation these guys will put in for a tag for years 12 13 years and they spend that money they don't get all that money back if they don't get the tag i seen uh i seen on meat eater that i was just watching an episode there was a ram that they hunt and you could draw or you could put put in for it and once if you get a tag to kill a billy which is a, a male that is and you kill one that is you, that you're done that's the last tag that's yep. the last time that you can submit for that for really? that animal and they said if you if you do that cuz the they're so close and you can't hardly tell a billy from a from a nanny so you have to so if they kill a nanny, so the tag's good for that animal. And if you kill a billy, you can never do it again. But if you kill a nanny, you have to wait four years before you can put put back in. Hmm. So really, you don't even want a billy. Yeah, a, yeah. you'd be looking in the scope to see if you see it first. <laughs> a sacking from his legs, looking real close. <laughs> um, as as far as um, I'm trying to think of some other like hunting things that could be considered unethical. Um, a lot of people hate helicopter hunts, but you've, you've done a heli- helicopter hunt. Yes, I have. <laughs> it's expensive, right? It's expensive, but you're, you're eradicating. It's, it's not for, you're not going out and wiping out deer or, yeah, you know, stuff that an, it's an invasive species right. that you're shooting. It's not, you're not shooting deer or anything like that. You're, you're eradicating an animal for a farmer that has a real problem with, they're eat, they're destroying their crops or eating them or and mostly it's pig it's like yes, wild, pig. it's wild pig, I, right? the only pig that I know of that you can hunt yeah. in a helicopter yeah. only yeah. animal only animal yeah that you can, yeah that's the only animal I know I wasn't of. sure if boar was con- I mean boar is kind of different animal it's same thing same family but different animal um but yeah the they use their tusk and they just dig up everything yeah. They dig for the roots of, it, of plants and they eat the roots and the bugs and stuff. And then in the process, they're destroying. We we flew over. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. They're just destroying land and in, in, in Texas and and southern place like that. Once that that ground is broken, erosion happens very very quickly. Um, basically, once that layer of soft dirt gets broken, um, basically just the wind carries the the dirt away. And if there's water in there, that's where the water lays, and it runs off, and just it just destroys their farmland. It's kind of a little side story, but we flew over a, a cotton field, and it was in Texas where we did it. And there was probably, I would say, probably a hundred acre field. I would say, and 
it just was demolished. Like the pigs come in and they just was like a, a tiller. They just destroyed. They destroyed probably easily 40% of the, this cotton field. Wow. And they, they, they dig to eat them roots. And once they eat the roots, the plant's, the plants dead. Die, you can't, yeah. can't harvest that, that plant. So, I mean, that's, that's a very, very important reason to have hunters. If you don't have a hunter volunteering to do that or paying to do that, these these ranchers are turning that into an income stream, so they're kind of turning into a positive. Um, a lot of these places will they'll trap them in these big corrals, and they back trucks up to them and they haul them off to USDA inspected places, and then they get them killed humanely, and they serve them in restaurants. <laughs> That's you can't just go out and kill it and sh- sell it to a restaurant. That's illegal. But you have to get in inspected. Yeah, it has to be. If you're just going over state lines, especially in Texas. You can get a Texas stamp, or if it's going over state lines, it has to be USDA inspected. They also haul them uh, to uh, preserves, I heard, mm-hmm. and they put them in uh, high fence preserves and sell them there. Yep. I mean, hunting is expensive, very, very expensive. And if you want to do it and you're willing to pay the money for it, then by all means, get after it. But realize it's going to be expensive. Um, tags aren't expen- are, aren't cheap. Hunting license isn't cheap. I was just looking at Michigan hunting license for out of state. I think it's $151. For a turkey. For, that's just for the, the hunting license. Oh, yeah, okay. right. And then yeah. you buy your tag and then you're hunt. And you'd be cheaper off going to buy a turkey at Walmart. Come <laughs> <laughs> get you a big old butter That doesn't ball. even guarantee you a turkey. You might go up there and not no. get anything. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. You guys have anything else you want to say pro hunting? I think hunting is such a instrumental part of being a human. It's just Brett. It's just in our DNA. I just don't think you it, you don't understand it if you're not if you're not a hunter. I guess if you re- just spend a week with with somebody that hunts, you like a person that's from the city, they would better understand what what we're trying to do. Go spend forty hours in a factory looking at white walls. And machinery all day, and then go spend two hours in the wilderness on the side of a lake, casting away, and all your problems melt away. Or sitting in a duck blind for two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really explain it. I don't. My, I I don't. I'm alone a lot, so I get to think a lot, and sometimes thinking can be bad for you. Sometimes thinking can put you in a very dark place. I've had that in a long time, and I never used to have it until I stopped fishing, and now it's gone again, and it's because I'm out there, you know? Yeah. I I just have that drive to go back out there and, and keep doing it, and it it's it's awesome. I think I told you, I was prying the boat on the way to the boat ramp, I said, I've had more experiences in the four months we've been hanging out than I've had in my entire life, and it's... It's awesome. That's cool. Can't wait to do more. It's just starting. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to go fishing next year too. <laughs> go fishing on my pond. Yeah, I was telling the the girls they uh we were at Walmart and they were walking past the fishing section and they were just looking at the little fake worms and stuff. I'm like, Oh, we're we'll going to spring, girls. Yeah. We'll go in the spring. Any last statements there, Tyson? Nope. Um, you got anything think, else on that list? I think we're about ready to wrap it up, huh? No, I think that's it, Tucker. I mean, I mean, 
that's pretty much it. It's all she wrote, bud. But uh, we 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 touch on a lot of touchy subjects. Um, a lot of things are pretty near and dear. Um, you heard our raw opinions on these subjects. If you disagree or you want wants to discuss it more, um, give us your thoughts. Um, at, you can email us at uh, outdoorsttt at gmail dot com. Just uh, shoot us an, an email. Just put in your uh, your description. It's a disagreement. <laughs> just put that in there, and we'll find it, and we'll talk about it, and we'll make sure we uh, shout you out on the next podcast, and we'll talk about it real quick. Um, but yeah, uh, by all means, if you have any argument statements or anything you want to say, so uh, let me know. Got there, buddy. Kind of, uh, kind of a side note. Mm-hmm. We hunted with a guy with Alaska in Alaska today. That's right. We told said he, he said he's going to be listening. Yep. He. I hope he does. I told him we do give him a shout out. So. So he he's a he's a fish. He uh, cut up fish in Alaska. He just just moved there and. That's what he does full time. So cuts up fish in Alaska. He yeah. he works on a charter, right? What what do you know deeper uh, on the docks? I, I don't know. I, he lo- I don't know exactly, but he, he processes on, fish. He processes fish. He's pretty pretty cool dude to hang around for yeah. a couple hours. It's probably a good time to get out of Alaska right now, though. Why is that? I mean, just this time of year, it's pretty dark up there. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it like? Uh, I think I only got two hours daylight a day up there right now. Is that all over the entire state, though? No, no, it's just uh, north. He's he probably Anchorage. He or said like it that. was like southeast yeah. Alaska or something. Okay. Southeast sounds. Sir, south, maybe southwest. southwest probably southwest be Anchorage. Be on the, on the shore. You know? Yeah. So I hope he's listening. <clears throat> yeah. Well, guys, um, I think that's it for today's episode. Like I said, if you had anything you want to say or any any you want us to hear your opinion, please. Outdoors TTT at gmail.com or on Facebook, Triple T Outdoors Podcast. Give us a follow. Oh, Instagram too. We got going up on there. Um, you find us at Triple T Outdoors. I think I changed the name. If not, I will very soon. But yeah, that's it. Um, Triple T out, man. <laughs>